Welcome to the Omni Sports Podcast. Featuring your host, Bobby Lapita. Hey everyone, it's your sports friend Bobby Labita, and I'm here back for week 12 of NBA action. I'm going to get you caught up on the biggest ish that happened this past week. So if you fell out of a rock and into a window, I got you. We have a great episode in store for you, and if not, you get your money back. This week, we're going to be talking about our three storylines of the week. I'm going to be talking about some trends. I'm going to have a new section called Boo, You Stink, Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, some news and notes. But before we get into that, let's hear from our sponsor this week. Our sponsor this week are Zebras. And no, I'm not talking about the zebras on the court, the referees. I'm talking about literal zebras because they would be better at the job of refing a basketball game than the people we put on the court most of the time. This week had a lot of ref drama, and I'm excited to get into it. And you know what? Go support your local zoo, because maybe one day those zebras could do some good for the world, unlike those zebras on the court. Whew! Oh, man. Oh, that felt so good to just to, to release that. To just, just to be free. Listen, if you want to be a real sports fan, this is one thing we can all agree upon. Doesn't matter what color jersey you wear. Fuck the refs. Just fuck them. Just fuck them. Normally, I like to keep my audio clips short. However, if I did that for this clip, that would be a disservice to each and every one of you. And I don't want to deprive you of this generational coach rant by the Toronto Raptors coach in a game where he felt the Lakers were getting a lot of calls the Raptors weren't. Outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for a whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. Who you just heard there was Darko Rajovic the coach of the Toronto Raptors. We as sports fans have been blessed with some amazing post-game coach rants but this one oh is one of the best one in years i love that darko rajovic is here going to bat for his players and you know 
if I'm his player, I'm going to be like, you know, coach has my back. He's willing to get fined because um, he got fined twenty five thousand uh, dollars for that rant. Um, and he's willing to try to, you know, defend us. And I think that's a good thing for a coach to do. Now, this is a tough story for me to talk about because I am a Lakers fan. And for many of you listening, that's probably the worst thing about me. And you know what I'd say to that? Fair. That is a fair criticism. But you know what? I am also just a fan of basketball. And there's a couple things that we have to keep in mind. So it was 23 to 2 in the fourth quarter in terms of the free throw shots. 23 for the Lakers and 2 for the Raptors. Now, the Lakers the last couple years have gotten the most foul calls, and I think a lot of people think it's a Lakers whistle. And I do think there are some elements of it. I think you need to consider the context. Anthony Davis draws a lot of fouls because in order to stop him a lot of the time, you need to foul him. You have LeBron who can prick and prod in a way and get defenses uneasy and can draw fouls. And Austin Reeves is excellent at making defenders uncomfortable. But I think the 23 and 2, just like saying, hey, this team had more free throws, can be disingenuous. Now, definitely they missed a couple of calls uh, that I think, you know, a call that the Lakers got, the Raptors didn't get. There were a couple of those, but you have to keep in mind eight of those free throws came from intentional fouls in the last minute trying to stop the Lakers on possessions. The last two-minute report came out from the league and said there should have been two more fouls placed on the Raptors, so it should have actually been a bigger differential. The last two-minute report, if you're unfamiliar with this, the league releases a report and says basically if there are any errors in refereeing the last few minutes of the game. Uh, Typically, uh, these reports are hard to trust because oftentimes it can feel like a CYA situation with the league. And this report said that there were two more fouls that should have been given on the Raptors. So it should have been 27 to 2. Was there a disparity? Yes. Was it as bad as it sounds? No. However, regardless of me being a Lakers fan, I think this is an awesome rant. You know, Scotty, hopefully Scotty Barnes get, gets that whistle. I think refs tend to overcorrect because they're human. And when something gets focused on, they have an overreaction to it, which shouldn't be the case, right? It should be fair and objective. And uh, the Raptors definitely missed some calls. And that game ended up being very, very close. It ended up being a one-point game. Um, though the worst thing about that game was... That maybe the free throws, but the fact that the last minute took like 15 real life minutes. Basketball, it's it. We got to figure out these endings. I, I get it. We need a foul, but we got there's got to be a way to speed this up because it shouldn't take so freaking long. But this was not the only ref drama. There was ref drama involving the Celtics' Jalen Brown against the Indiana Pacers. He went up for a shot and was very clearly fouled and did not get the call. It was challenged or reviewed, and upon being looked at again, they decided, yeah, there was there was no foul, which, listen, I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm, and I'm here defending a Celtics player saying they should have been fouled. This, this is how egregious this is. This is why this is why refs, you 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 make me you make me say yeah the Celtics should have had they should have won they they should have got that look what you did look what you've done to me and this is why all of us again we should zebras.
I'm Ernie Johnson. So this game is out of hand, obviously. 100-62 is the score in Milwaukee. Celtics have uh, resting the rest of their starters for the rest of the night. So we're thinking, let's see what else is going on in the league. Um, and Oklahoma City, by the way, is up 36 at the half, so we're not going there. Uh, so we'll try the Knicks and the Mavs, and it's uh, a 47-28 game. But it's closer than what's going on on the main streets. January 11th, 2024. The birthday of friend of the show, friend of the pod, Kenny Kunanen. Shout out to Kenny. But also the day where the worst basketball took place this season because every single game had a disastrous blowout and here are just some of the highlights the milwaukee bucks beat the celtics 135 to 102 but that's not as bad as it actually was at halftime the celtics were down 38 to 75 the bucks almost had double their score this is the largest deficit that the Buc- uh, that the celtics have had at halftime in a game since 1967 we had not been on the moon y'all but the celtics did it but they weren't the only ones to have a historically bad Day. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Portland Trailblazers 139-77. to The 62-point margin of victory is the fifth largest in all of NBA history. So we got a lot of really bad history happening on this cold, cold January day. However, pretty much every game was a blowout. It wasn't even close. The only game that was close was a game that took place in France. What, what, what is, what, what is going on? Well, in case you were wondering what is going on, if you've been paying attention recently, there's been a lot more blowouts than there had been prior to the season. And uh, I listened to a couple people on their theories on why this is happening, a couple of podcasts, and I thought I would share some of this information with all of you of why this could be happening. And is this actually a real thing? And the data shows it is a real thing for a couple of reasons. First is prior to the in-season tournament, uh, games were closer than they typically had been at that point in the season. Like historically, um, there were less blowouts, but since that point, there have been a higher level of blowouts. And there are a couple of theories for why this could be the case. Is first that the threshold for the games in order to win an award this year you have to get 65 games in and so teams may be more likely like to throw in the white flag a little bit earlier um throw in the white flag you know you throw in the towel and wave the white flag whatever you're doing with the flag you, you wave it and uh the reason for that is like, okay, I don't want my players to be hurt. They have to play a little more than maybe they would in a normal season. And uh, as a result, you see this being part of the situation. Another factor is that offenses are better than they have been ever. We see that some of the highest offensive ratings of all time are happening currently. Um, And they also did data that right now we're seeing shooting at a very high rate 
historically. The only other seasons that have as high a free throw percentage, or not free throw percentage, but field goal percentage as this, um, happen like in the 70s. Um, and the reason for this is that players are getting really good with threes and they're making really efficient so- shots. Like the shot selection that players are doing is better than ever. They're being more efficient than ever. And so when you have one team that's on, that's going to be more noticeable, especially when you have a faster pace of play, which we do right now, uh, compared to the historical average. So teams are playing faster and they're shooting better. And so when you combine that with maybe a team that is not doing that or is not shooting well, you're going to see more blowouts. And many of the people that were talk to you as part of uh, these podcasts and people like that work in the league also pointed to the in-season tournament it being a new phenomenon that maybe some teams are more sluggish after it um, and some teams maybe they had that motor earlier than they normally do and so they're playing with more cohesion and so the highs are high um, but the lows are low and it led to um, something I don't think I've ever seen in a basketball game uh, when the Celtics lost. And to give some credit well, to the Celtics, it was the second day of a back-to-back and uh, against the Timberwolves, who they beat in overtime. So it was a very long day um, the night before, and they had to travel. Um, the Celtics didn't start any of their starters in the second half, and I've never seen that. In a blowout, I usually see them at least try for the third, and then the fourth is when they give up. Um, So maybe that even speaks to the credence of what people are saying about that. We wave the towel faster because we don't want our players to get hurt. Um, But hopefully we won't see basketball as bad as this going forward. Bill, they're demoralizing. He's so long, he's able to hang in the air. It looked like it was perfect timing. Gives it off to Vassell. There's another one. Back to Wembe! Good Wembenyama! Victor Wembenyama scored the first 13 points in the second half for the Spurs. And uh, I think we're seeing more and more of just the brilliance of Victor. And what was so great about these possessions, if you have a chance to watch the highlights, is Victor's just pretty much in the paint and his players, his teammates, are just throwing the ball to him. And he's seven foot three, four, and can just almost dunk standing. He doesn't have to jump, which is crazy. Uh, but we, he can jump, and he's very athletic. And so he's just dunking over these people. And, and it's just wild to see. It's, it just is so easy. And also, the Spurs have won a couple of games by blowouts. Now, granted, they're against the Hornets and the Pistons, so they're beating bad teams, but they're beating teams, and I think that's a good thing, and they're beating the bad teams very badly, and so, you know, if they're able to do that, you know, I think no one expected the Spurs to come into this year, you know, with really strong playoff chances, but I think, you know, I think that the the Spurs, assuming they make some good deals because in good trades, just because I think they have some players that will not be on, should not be, have a high, uh, I hate saying these things, but should not be important players on championship level teams. But I think there's some pieces there that you can work with. And um, I think 
you know, you assemble even a pretty mediocre and okay cast around Victor, especially as he gets better at basketball. Um, cause he's already so good and he already feels so polished and, um, you know, it doesn't matter that he's like 19 years old. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, you know, basketball fans, if you're out there, you know, barring, you know, something or foreseen, I think we're going to be watching him play basketball for a very long time. And it always feels cool to me when it feels like we're at the beginning of someone's long and prolific career. Cause you can be like, I remember when I was so much younger, you know, like, I mean, think of like LeBron, you know, you probably, some people listen to this couldn't vote and now you have a family <laughs> like uh, when he entered the league. And so I think that's just, I think that's just really cool. And I'm hoping that the Spurs can do right by Victor um, and uh, do some good for San Antonio. News and notes. All right, y'all, we're going to talk about some quick news and notes from around the league. First, in unfortunate injury news, Ja Morant is going to be out for the rest of the year uh, after having shoulder surgery for a torn labrum in his right shoulder, which is his shooting shoulder. Um, and this is really unfortunate because he had just made a comeback and he was all the things you expect and hope for John Morant to be. He's um, an amazingly physically gifted athlete. He can jump um, like I swear it's like he's jumping off a trampoline. He can get high in such an interesting and aerodynamic way. It's just like hard to describe. It just <laughs> it feels like he's being catapulted off of the ground when he jumps. Uh, but unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the year. And I think you'll see that the Grizzlies will probably shut this team down um, and just, you know, hope to get a decent draft pick and, you know, reload next season when they don't have their entire team injured because I feel like almost all of their players are injured. So, and it's unfortunate because I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Grizzlies coach. I think he uh, brings an intensity that uh, feels good. And I feel like the Grizzlies have been a very good team the last couple of years and they do get slept on just given they haven't placed as high in the playoffs as they should. But they've put together some really good regular seasons with Jaw and sometimes even without Jaw in the past. And I think to be able to do that with and without a star player is a sign of good coaching. Um, so I wish the Grizzlies good luck uh, as they finish out this year because they, uh, uh, they'll be going to Cancun early. And in opposite news of going to Cancun, the Pistons and Wizards have finalized a deal to bring Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, and two second-round picks to the Wizards for Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. Normally at this time of the year, you see trades between a contending team and a non-contending team. So this is unique to have a trade between two non-contending teams. The reason they're doing this is they've been trying to move Marvin Bagley. The Pistons have been. And so the Wizards are going to accept a salary dump. And the Pistons had to give up two draft picks to get Marvin Bagley. And now they have to give up two draft picks to get rid of him. And when you're a team that's struggling as much as the Pistons, you want draft picks. You want the ability to refire, reload. Um, so... Uh, I think this is a failing of the Pistons front office that they had to acquire him with a lot of assets and lose him via a lot of assets. And so congrats um, to everyone involved in what will be likely the midest trade of the year. 
but introducing our newest segment. Boo, you stink! Chicago is a, is a, a sports town. And what we witnessed today, when Jerry Krause's name was called, and the people that booed Jerry Krause and his widow, who was accepting this honor for him, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I hurt for that lady, brought her to tears, and whoever booed her in this arena should be ashamed of themselves. It was, that's not Chicago, that's New York, Philly. Chicago's not like that. We don't have a reputation of being that way. And whether you like Jerry Krause or not, that man brought six championships here. He didn't shoot a basket, nor did he get a rebound, but he, he put a six he put six titles up in this ring. There's a lot of teams doing that. In this new segment called Boo You Stink, I will talk about something that stinks. And something that stinks, some, some pungent smell is coming from the city of Chicago. Now, Chicago, I love your city. It's a beautiful city. It's a little too cold, but it's a great place. However... Chicago fans have been criticized this week after booing former general manager Jerry Krause during his ring ceremony. What happened was Jerry Krause, who has passed away, was the general manager of the Bulls predominantly during the Jordan years. And this is what he's remembered for. Unfortunately for Jerry, the Last Dance documentary, and if you're unfamiliar, Michael Jordan did a 10-part documentary showcasing his last season on the Bulls. Everyone kind of knew the writing was on the wall, and part of the reason the writing was on the wall was decisions that Jerry made. The documentary made Jerry look unfavorable to many and, you know, really made Michael Jordan look good and, you know, a lot of other uh, partners on the Bulls. But it really made Jerry look bad. And this has made fans turn on Jerry Krause since he's passed away. And the unfortunate thing is his wife was there, Thelma. And upon the ring ceremony, whose name was announced, and booze filled the stadium, which led his wife to tears. And it was really heartbreaking to watch, and this led to a lot of criticism by the Bulls commentators and um, other people around the Bulls basically being like, what are you doing? This man, it was part and had hand in six championships that were brought to this to the city, you know, to this team. And so sports fans, I, I'm all for booing appropriately, right? Booing your rival in the fourth quarter at the most important moment. Good. Booing a man who is getting awarded who's dead while his elderly wife was there to the point where she cried. Greg Popovich said about the situation is that he feels like fans are meaner nowadays. And uh, fans, I want you to be intense, but not be mean. I think those are, are different are different things. And um, I, I like intensity, but I don't like meanness. And Chicago, that was just mean. So this is why. In this week's Streaks and Trends segment, we're going to talk about some trends, a good one and a bad one. We're going to start with a bad one. Historically speaking, this season, the bad teams are worse than ever. The data that backs us up is net rating. If you're unfamiliar, net rating basically means how many points do you score more than your opponent per game. And so if you, it shows not only are you winning, but are you winning by a lot or a little? And sometimes this can show more than actually how many games you've won because it speaks to how high the highs are and how low the lows are. And the lows this year are staggering. Prior to this season, there had only ever been one team with a negative 10 rating in a single season. This year, there are two, 
and there are three on the cusp of being there. And these three teams were just there, but because they pulled out some wins. Looking at you, Spurs, who were the worst in this category a couple weeks ago, but after two blowouts are actually now fifth worst. Uh, But the bottom five teams are so bad compared to everyone else. And I think what's happening here is that the good in the league, this league, I think is more talented than ever. So the good is in a lot of places, but it is not in these places. And so it makes it more staggering the difference between the good and the bad, because I think the bad is not necessarily more bad than you know, some teams of the past, you know, I think any of these teams could probably beat the Sixers who were tanking in 2014, 2015. However, that doesn't matter when the good in the surrounding environment is stronger or better than ever. It just makes you seem worse. And so for these teams, if you're a fan of these teams, um, you know, Look forward, start scouting, start watching college basketball, see see what player may be on your team in the future, because um, it's not going to go far. I kid, you should support your team, even when they suck. But when they suck, at least you don't have to worry about um, about them, you know, having hope. Like I do as a Lakers fan, I do this thing where I have hope, and then they take it away. As we saw in a game just yesterday, where they were beaten by the Utah Jazz, and the Utah Jazz are my good streak. The Utah Jazz went from pretty well under 500 and nowhere in the playoff conversation to now they have a winning record and they're in the play in tournament as of today, which is crazy. The Utah Jazz are 14 and four in their last 18. And I think the reason they've been doing it is they're playing like a well run team. Like they seem to be well coached and some players have really stepped up. Colin Sexton has is playing his best season ever. He's finally healthy. You have John Collins, who's playing great. Um, You have, you know, Laurie Markkinen, who uh, he was my second round pick in fantasy uh, basketball this year. And I'm happy with that pick. He's a great contributor. He can do all sorts of things. He shoots the three really well at a high volume for how big he is. He can get you some defensive stats and rebounds. And um, he's just really talented. And I think, with him here, he's able to shine in a way he hasn't been able to in his previous stops. And you have Chris Dunn playing really excellent defense. He's been on every player. It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, and sometimes in a single possession, he will move from one defender to another, to another, to another. There was one possession that uh, in the Milwaukee game where he literally covered every single player um, in one draw. And, and one possession that's crazy but he's got that motor he's got that hustle and um unfortunately i think for the jazz and jazz fans um you can probably expect at the trade deadline um to lose some players danny ainge the general manager um he's addicted to trades um but um and i think if you're in the jazz's position unless you think you have a real chance at a championship you're probably kicking the can down the road i don't necessarily think Teams should do that. I think if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you should at least always try. (laughs) Like, at least try to make the playoffs, Um, especially when they've been playing so well and they've been beating really good teams. It's not like they're beating, you know, the the bad teams and, like, you can be like, oh, okay, cool. They're beating the best teams in the league and showing that they can hold up. And so Utah, keep on Utahing, jazzing. 
Utah, you really should have changed your name when 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 you when you moved. Like, is there jazz in Utah? Is there happiness in Utah? Utah is beautiful. Yeah, I'm gonna end it there. All right, thank you for listening to another week of Omni Sports with your host Bobby Labita. Um, and as we sign off for the day, I just want to uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you're still listening, I really appreciate it. If you look to engage with us a little more, you can find us on TikTok X. Instagram. Feel free to email us at omnisports423 at gmail.com. Also, if you're in the Spotify app, there's now a way to uh, send a voice message to the show. I don't know how it works, but I'll trust that you'll figure it out if, if you want to. No, no pressure. You don't you don't have to talk more than you want to. This is a this is a podcast. You thought this would be just a me to you experience. And now all of a sudden I'm bringing up that it could be a you to me experience. And that seems overwhelming. I get it. I get it. For my fantasy players out there, don't forget to put your players in your starting lineups and make your acquisitions. I'm sorry this week we don't have any tips for you, anything specific, but if there's any tips you're looking for, again, feel free to reach out and have a great day.